everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Rebecca and Rebecca. My name is Rebecca Yager, and the other Rebecca in this dynamic duo is Rebecca Reed. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, how are you? Oh, hanging in there today. Everything good in Indiana? It is. It's very nice today. Wonderful. Well, as you may know, Rebecca and I love books. We love talking about books. We love reading books. We love writing books. But I think today we're doing our very, very favorite thing, or it's come to be our very favorite thing, and that's talking with other authors. And um, our author today is Elizabeth Goddard. Elizabeth, how are you? Good. And everything's great in Washington. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Let me uh, tell the folks a little bit about you, and then we'll dig into this. Um, Elizabeth Goddard is a USA Today bestselling and award-winning author of more than 50 novels, including Cold Light of Day and the Rocky Mountain Courage and Uncommon Justice series. Her books have sold nearly 1.5 million copies. She is a Carol Award winner from ACFW and a Reader's Choice Award winner and a Daphne du Maurier Award finalist. When she's not writing, she loves spending time with her family, traveling to find inspiration for her next book, and serving with her husband in the ministry. Um, So, yeah, we all stop at the 1.5 million copies sold. (laughs) Every author's dream, I think, to do that. But uh, 50 books, I I hope we all get that way someday. So uh, I have to start off to ask you, um, I didn't know you were so musically inclined, (laughs) or used to be. (laughs) I read your list of instruments, piano, guitar, cello, violin. (laughs) They're all in my living room, too. And so I just look at them and go, one of these days, one of these days. And my my favorite instrument really is cello. I played that in the high school orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've ever looked back and thought of something that you regret in your life, and that one of the things that I regret is giving that up. I just love being in the orchestra, but you know, um, you don't know what you want to do when you're young and you just go off in a different direction. But I keep thinking, well, maybe, maybe when I'm in heaven, I can play the cello because, you know, <laughs> deadlines in life is just so busy and I never get time to just sit down and do that. But one of these days I will get back to all my instruments. It's just been a long time. Do you find it helpful to have another creative outlet? Because we are creatives here, but I can't just do writing. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know a few years ago I um, took a break, you know, I should be writing. I don't know if, if you're like this too, but when you are in the middle of a deadline, sometimes you procrastinate and then you just go do something else. You just have to do it. And your mind is processing the book, but I learned how to make all kinds of bread. I bought all these books and I just learned how to make baguettes and bulls and French bread and just sourdough and just, you know, just taught myself how to do it. I was just making crazy amounts of bread and it was all just that creative outlet because I have a bit to do. Baking and cooking is therapy too. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) To do that. But yeah, I think you do because you always are thinking about the book. I mean, even when we step away and... I think some writers, especially beginning writers, I think feel a little guilty. Well, I should be at my computer the whole time. And it's like, no, sometimes you need to go take that walk or 
Yeah, that's when the, you know, I find that a lot of times if I go do the dishes or do some mundane task, a problem that I have not been able to figure out, the answer will come to me. And it just seems like, wow, it was just so clear. Why couldn't I see it when I was staring at the book, right? But you just have to go do the other things to give your mind time to process. So I consider everything I do during the day part of writing, <laughs> part of the process. I like that. I like that. So um I loved another thing. You said that you were also very interested in science, uh, both what, what with uh, marine biology, NASA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to, you know, everybody's got their dream of what they wanted to be or thought they wanted to be. And funny, because I kind of wanted to be an astronaut. But um, this was way before the internet. And my dad told me that they had stopped that program. I think he just... <laughs> he told me that. And maybe it was true at the time. I don't know, but I just like, oh, so I just moved my attention to marine biology. But, you know, you can see how I just loved, I had uh, posters of the moon and planets and the galaxy on my walls. And I also had posters of ocean, the ocean and ocean creatures. So I just loved really probably the unknown, right? I'm thinking, what are these things have in common? So I, I was going to pursue marine biology <clears throat> and I picked out college and everything. But I took uh, at the junior college, I took uh, scuba diving and I was like, no, I'm not going to do this because I don't know. It was just terrifying to me. It's such a thinking sport. I mean, if you make one mistake, you're dead. And I don't know. I didn't even I couldn't even get certified. You know, my instructor said, you're going to have to take this many more times before because I was so nervous. So um, I think it's kind of fun that now I just all of the, my adventure, everything I want to do, I can just research and put it into a story and live it that way. Right. It's, what is it called? The armchair adventurer <laughs> I can be safe while I'm scuba diving. How about that? <laughs> oh, I like I that. Wonder, it, oh, go ahead, Rebecca. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, because, you know, scuba diving played a large role in this book. So that was, I wondered if it was your personal knowledge or, you know, how much of it was personal and how much of it was just research because, you know, you can, you can't always tell the difference. Some people are really good at just kind of putting that research knowledge in there and making it seem really real. But often it is better to have a little, at least a little bit of personal knowledge because you can right. kind of to know what's important and what's not and how it exactly works. So, yeah. Right. And how it feels. I think that the main thing I took away from scuba diving is I didn't realize that um, you could feel claustrophobic. I mean, you're in a, you're a huge body of water. How could you feel claustrophobic? But that's when, when this is your only source of oxygen, you know, and, and it's just right here and the bubbles are going up. And I don't know, it's this fear of being closed in. I don't, you know, I thought it was just me, but I've read and talked to other people who that was the same feeling that they got. So you wouldn't know that, right? Unless you experienced well, it seems seems that way to me. But. <laughs> it's not too hard to imagine that feeling when I think about doing it. I've I've never done anything like that, but I've had friends who were scuba who were certified, and and they've talked about things like that before too. You know, some of the different the difficulties um, of it. But I thought you know your descriptions were really good because, and of course, your characters one had that more that feeling of claustrophobia and the other one was less so and so it really kind of they played off of each other in that way too it was really interesting to read it I thought it was saying it was very realistic so that's why I was like I'm glad you, you think about that. it kind of funny because it's this is actually it's a like you said it plays a big role but it's actually kind of a small piece when you think about the whole book and I actually forgot that was in there 
<laughs> your friend, oh yeah, they went scuba diving. I forgot. Well, both of them did. You're both your heroine, yeah, yeah. hero and heroine. And, and we are talking cold light of day to yes, yes, definitely. Right. Because I have other scuba diving books too, but yeah. <laughs> well, specifically, I mean, I do want to talk about all your books, but we specifically read Cold Light of Day. Mm-hmm. And um, Alaska seems to be uh, a setting. It's it's uh, for for a lot of authors right now. It's it's trendy now. Have you traveled to Alaska yourself, or was this? Uh... I just use um all of my people that have, and my husband and his family, and I. It's been my dream, and you know we keep trying to plan to do the the um the Juno uh, cruise, and then I know one year we were really talking about it, and then you know COVID. But we could <laughs> plan. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and um, the area that I'm writing about is the Southeast Alaska. And so, so much of that environment is very much the same environment. You know, it changes. There's a lot more mountains as you go north, and there's there's more different kinds of li- uh, wildlife. But I, you know, rely on my sources, my experts, and I do an absolute ton of research. And I'm very passionate about my settings. That's a settings actually inspire me to whenever I'm writing, going to write a story, it's usually the setting that comes first. I'm like, Oh, I just said a story there. And I'm not sure, you know, I have to maybe change it up for my publisher. Cause I'm always saying, what about this setting? Or what about that setting? I'm not sure they're going. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it does the same thing for them as it does for me, but um, so I put, you know, everything into trying to make sure I get it all right and just show God's uh, creation, showcase his creation, right? Absolutely. Well, one thing Rebecca and I both commented on is that we liked the town of Shadow Gap. Mm-hmm. It was like an extra character. So it goes with just what you said, because you did really reflect that uh, in writing in the book. We loved Shadow Gap. I want to go to the Lively Moose. I want to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go hang out. Yes. What about the rabid raccoon? Have you thought about that one? <laughs> well, <here. laughs> we'll try the Lively Moose first. Yeah. <laughs> see how that goes um yeah the the name of the town was perfect for the book too I thought it really reflected you know the theme and and how it um you know a lot of things were going on and and it was so hidden everything was all about the hidden you know and there was always you know the secret and then you kind of found out one secret and then there were three more hiding behind that one and I really I really enjoyed that um that piece of of the plot too I, I like that kind that's kind of my favorite um type of plot is when you know you've got all these little like smaller twists I mean some people like this big huge twist but I kind of like a lot of those little smaller ones and then there's little things hiding behind it's almost like you know those those flap door things that you can like lift up and like see what's mm-hmm. behind it and then you know I thought it was kind of like that it was really fun yeah, okay. I, I liked what you said. We were talking about Greer. Let's let's get to the guy. Let's talk about the hunky hero here. Yeah, yeah. On that. Because he was a, a mysterious man. And obviously, uh, when the readers meet him, he's got skills. And you can see that right away. But there's all these hidden, yep. the, the secrets about him. And I, and I do like what you said, that one reviewer mentioned that she thought she had Greer all figured out. But when the truth was revealed, she was very wrong. And she, she appreciated that. I didn't. No, I didn't know. No. And she, yeah, that was fun. Um, 
I really loved writing his character. I loved, you know, we try to ask a question at the beginning of a book, you know, that's going to carry readers along. But I also pose the question of who is Greer? <laughs> and I, you know, we have this big question, but we want to know who the character is. And a lot of times we want to show the readers who they are, you know, so they can root for them. I just wanted to do something different. I like to change things up, you know, so my readers can get a different experience. I mean, the same. They know what they're getting for me, but different. Right. And um, I wasn't sure that my editor was going to go for it because, you know, I it was a very long time before I shared who he was, but she did. And so far, you know, I've gotten a really good response because people are like trying to figure out who he is. I also think it's really fun. Um, it was a fun thing to do is to show who his character is just by his actions, you know, just, I mean, just like scripture talks about us, you know, uh, living, living out our life, living out as Christians and showing people and not having to tell them, but they can see that we're yeah. followers of Christ, you know? So I thought it was fun just to, you know, let people fall in love with him and root for him just by watching him go through his day and seeing what he does without being told that he's this or he's that kind of thing. So I just wanted to experiment and see what happened. And I did have a lot of fun with him. He's probably one of my favorites so far. Well, I, I think it was a good way to do it because as fans, and I'm a big romantic suspense reader too. Don't know my, don't write it when I read it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, so it was a nice twist on that. And I think that's what Rebecca and I both appreciated about the character and then um the um our heroine autumn mm -hmm. love that name and and she's battling a lot as we meet yeah. her besides legacy in a sense and besides the mm -hmm. tragedy of her mother and, and losing her mother and uh stuff and then whatever the the town council is trying to oust her out of her job so she's like i can't get a break right now <laughs> Well, you know, conflict, 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 <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Throw everything at them. I had come across an article about um, exactly what she's going through. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm always like looking for ideas as my workshop, you know, and that was just an idea I kept in it just was kind of a subplot in this book. So I util utilize everything I come across. So I thought um, it was good just to bump it up a bit. You know, she's not just doing her job, but she's battling to keep her job. Right. Right, which you know yeah. adds the measure of it, and of course the big crime wave hits Shadow Gap while yeah. she's trying to keep yeah. her job, you know. Yep. And, 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 <laughs> so, so I'm going to ratchet it up for us there, Elizabeth. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, but I like that. But she was still a real character. She was still, um, you know, you could almost you could relate to her. I don't relate to a lot of female cops because it's like, man, they've got ambition and they've got drive like that. But. It's hard. And they're so tough and I'm not tough like that. Yeah. So I, I actually struggle with writing those characters because I know we're supposed to write strong women. And I mean, we're all strong. All of us are here strong, but do we have to be strong like a man to be strong? You know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I have a hard time, but I wanted to, you know, make her relatable. And so when you were dealing with family issues or whatever, you know, and, and we all have to deal with that, right. Then I think that we can relate to that. So I'm glad that worked too. <laughs> Seems like, sounds like. I think um, it was neat to her because she was kind of, she would, you know, she had that whole persona that she was trying to keep up. And I think it was a little bit more like, yeah, I'm a woman, but I can do this job like, as well as, you know, my right. father did it as well as, this guy that you're wanting to put in in my place you know I could do this job 
And then it was nice to see her relax with Greer and actually like be herself because she had this whole persona that she was as the police chief and then she would change you know and, and she fought against that so much because like she'd slip into it and then she'd realize it and then she'd pull back and then she'd slip into it and then she'd pull back and I felt like it was a pretty natural push and pull though because she did have that you had enough motivation on both sides of it to really make it work and it so it it was because sometimes you know you read those books that they'll just invent things that for the reason for the for the romance not to work i don't think you you didn't have to do that because you had all these things in place so that was really good yeah i think romantic suspense is probably to me my way of thinking one of the hardest genres to write because you know you've got the suspense and everything's got to be fast-paced but you have to make time for the romance it's got to be believable and you can't, like you said, be inventing things. You've got it's got to be something that the readers are going to buy into. So um, it's it's really it can be really tough, you know. And I I feel like every, with every book I try my best to do that, but I'm sure that you know um, some readers might think I did I miss the mark sometimes because I don't know. You can you get can you hit it every time with everyone? You can't. You know, it's not possible no. to do that. But um, just try to hit Everybody it with the most idea of what that looks like too so then you know you're bringing your own ideas into it and then if it doesn't go exactly the way you know if that character doesn't act the way I would act or you know the other reader would act right. then it's like well, what are they doing why are they doing that you know <laughs> I think but. that um I think there I haven't I mean I have a couple of the books that are oh character acting books screenwriting kind of books or or maybe just um I can't even remember what they are but you know, in a sense, when you're writing, you have to be acting, you know, you have to put yourself into the character and you have to be acting and right. It has to feel right. It has to feel like this is what this character would do. And so, I mean, I think it's beneficial for writers to actually read those kind of books mm -hmm. so that they can become the character and be acting it out in their stories. Right? Does that make sense? <laughs> no, absolutely. Because you, I think you can get a lot from watching actors mm -hmm. and, and whatever the situation, if they're in a tense situation, it's a suspense movie or whatever. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those, those mm -hmm. nuances. I'm a big movie buff. So I can. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always written romantic suspense or wanted when you first wanted to start writing after you left corporate America, right? And, and decided <laughs> yeah. to writing. Was it romantic suspense from the get-go? No, 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 really. I mean, it's kind of complicated. I spent in my um, teenage years, I read all of the Gothic romance. I think we all probably all did because romantic suspense, you know, because that's kind of what was out there. Victoria Holt, Phyllis Whitney, um, the Bronte sisters. But um, at some point in my twenties, I fell in love with reading Boney, Bodie Taney novels, mm -hmm. World War II novels. And, and if you think about it, those are suspense novels too. But I fell in love with historical novels. And so I wanted to write historical. And I pitched that probably the first couple of two or three years that I went to ACFW. Um, but my daughter, uh, she was just probably 12, 13, had asked me to write her a dragon story. And so I just for fun, I wrote a dragon story. And my family was like, this is way better than your <laughs> stuff. So so I entered it in what was the noble theme before it became the Genesis and, and then it finals. And so I'm like, Hey, this is, so I kind of went that direction. Cause I love, you know, I love fantasy and science fiction. I love all genres. I love them, but I went that direction for about two years. This was early on before um, Christian publishers were really publishing any of that at all. You know, and I pitched to Steve Lobby. Remember he was the agent that would take 
um, fantasy yeah. and science fiction and all that. Um, but after two years of that, I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> so we ended up um, getting my first book published was a contemporary romance for Heart Song Presents. And it was just because Barbara was you know, doing the state um, anthologies. And so they were asking if you know an author, you know, let's bring new author authors. in. And so Lisa Harris and Lena Dooley brought me into their um, group. And that was my first book. But I remember when Tracy Peterson emailed me and said, do you have this manuscript ready? Cause she wanted to see, I'm like, and, and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's contemporary romance. I don't want to write that. I didn't want to write it, but I did, you know, it, I took six weeks and I did nothing but write this book and my husband would open the door and throw, throw food at me, you know, because we had little kids, little, little babies, you know, and he was out watching them. And so anyway, that was my first, uh, I entered the world of publishing with a contemporary romance, but Janice Thompson, mm-hmm. and she was at the, at the uh, conference, she, she reviewed it and she said uh, that it had mystery and suspense elements. And, and I was like, Hey, it does. And, and so I realized that all of everything I was writing in the contemporary romance for heart song included mystery and suspense. And so, you know, it took me probably many books and years to figure out who I am as a writer. I don't know if it's like that for everybody, but it was like that for me. And then I kind of found my niche and my voice. I don't have a historical voice. That's the other thing, you know, your voice has got to work for a certain genre and maybe I love to read it, but I couldn't really write it. And so romantic suspense, it is. There you go. Is that TMI? (laughs) No, actually, I I love that because I think that's an encouragement for other writers. That's another thing we tried to, as Rebecca and I are writers Mm -hmm. and and Rebecca, in fact, you and Rebecca probably need to talk after we're done because Rebecca (laughs) has written historical, which I'm not sure is her true voice, but she's good at it. But fantasy. (laughs) And she's finding her her voice too, and I'm I'm on a self discovery thing too. But it's important for writers to realize it's okay to even switch genres. You may try writing or writing to market, and and it takes time to find your voice. It it does. It's it can be painful, and then you know at some point you have you have to stick with it and build your audience. You know, and if you have an audience, you know, if you switch to something else, depending on who you are. Right, you know, right, right. Um, you could lose all of your readers, right? Because maybe they don't like to read that kind of book. So it's it can be tough. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a risk. So for any readers out there who thinks life is easy here with writing, it's not. <laughs> it's blood, sweat, and tears, and <laughs> and stuff. But it's a, it's a passion. It's something yeah. we cannot write. Exactly. That makes sense and stuff. Now that was a, that was actually a great answer to the question because I, I think it's good to know that you know, we're not alone on this journey. Others are, are struggling, even if it's not writing, whatever your your passion is in life. Okay, let's not wax poetic. I'm in a nonfiction class right now. <laughs> no, I love it. You can keep going. You're encouraging. It's inspiring. Well, everybody's purpose, you know, everybody wants to know, like, what's my purpose? Why am I doing this? You know, what's, I have a calling now, you know, what am I supposed to do with it? And, you know, purpose is, so individualized and it's so hard to find you know and I think it's good that you you can't be afraid to do the you know experiment and try try different things because you just don't know I mean I'm a track coach too we just we I just got home from track practice and 
I was just telling my kids we have a meet tomorrow and I said, all right, we're going to run some people's going to, people are going to run different events. And they're all like, why? And I'm like, because you never know if you're going to be better at the one I'm going to put you in tomorrow than you were at the one I, you ran in Tuesday. And you never will if you never, if you're afraid to go out and try it. And it works right. like that with writing and anything really. I mean, you just have to be able to set aside those preconceived ideas and notions that oh I can only do this this is where I fit because maybe not maybe really you fit like in the middle of this box and half of this box instead of in this particular one I don't know so yeah I think it's really good advice and it was really good to hear that other people have that same same thing going on so yeah. well and to tag you on it to work. That, you were saying fit in in this box and a little bit of this other box since that not only, you know, finding my voice, but find my unique romantic suspense voice, right? My own kind of stories. And as I mentioned, my passion is settings, you know, and just so it's kind of a little bit of adventure too. So I kind of have man versus man and man versus nature in every single book. And so I know not every reader is going to like that, but I don't, I mean, right now, I don't see myself writing just a citified police procedure kind of story. I mean, there's plenty of those out there. You know, I just want to do what makes me happy and what I find joy in writing. So yeah, um, that's really good. Yeah. Um, so you're going to write book three or writing book three of the Missing in Alaska series. Yeah. So we're back in Alaska. Are we back in Shadow Gap or is it somewhere else? Well, we're um, everything. Uh, book two is going to be out in October. Um, Shadows at Dusk, and I don't know if you saw that one, but um, and everything is, uh, yeah. Shadow Gap is the centerpiece, but you know we're talking about Southeast Alaska, and so I like to move around. So it's the same characters, but they travel and they do stuff within the same region. And and the book two is the Bush Pilot. So in fact, um, that's right. Let me pull this up really quick. Oh, hold on, I was going <laughs> to show you something I got the galleys today and oh I shouldn't leave where I was um oh I, I'm just about finished let me go back up here so this book I told my editor this is a book uh, a story about a bush pilot in Alaska okay <laughs> so there are certain expectations that come with that so I actually put at the beginning of the book I'm scrolling down here so I can find it thank you for your patience I said I couldn't write a story about a bush pilot in Alaska without taking my readers on a wild and crazy ride. So I invite you to strap in tight and hold on. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just wanted to say, okay. I mean, I really, really pushed the edge here, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm -hmm. it's bush pilot. And so we've got to do yeah. things. We've got to go places. We've got to have a lot of adventure. So um, plus, if I remember her, she had quite, the interesting personality, even though we, she was only on the page in book one for not a lot, but yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if you read the, um, the, uh, teaser, right. if you haven't, you should go read the teaser for book two and that that's, it'll have a little blurb with Carrie in it and kind of. So that's shadows at dusk. And when does that come out? In October. In October. Um, and I'm working on book three and I don't have anything to say about it right now. because it's Okay. <laughs> But there will be a book three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the exciting thing. You so, in six weeks. <laughs> so, so sometime in twenty twenty four, I presume is book three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, um, oh, you want to do something in Washington State, Puget Sound, too, right? You're. Yeah, I have a series of. Yeah, another proposal in. So, um, 
you know, it's Alaska is amazing. And I know it's a very strong proposal, according to my publisher. Um, that's long. I don't know if you can hear their, their leaf blowers or something right outside my oh, window. Oh, just show oh. them. That's, <laughs> Sorry. That's but, um, you know, I don't feel like I want to stay in Alaska forever because, you know, there's only so many, I don't know, to me, so many of these stories that we can do. And we need to move on. I need to move on. I mean, maybe I could um, and do something different, but it's hard to, um, I guess, top top Alaska that's a hard one to do right there but everybody's doing it so I feel like okay now I can go out and do something different something new nothing wrong with Washington State (laughs) write this Puget Sound series and then you somehow find a way to bridge the two and make oh yeah I always try to connect I have a character (laughs) like like Trevor West and Shadow um Shadows at Dusk is from um the last book in the uh, Rocky Mountain Courage series he is a side character in Critical Alliance and one of the detectives and so he comes in so they all have you know somebody some way that they're connected in fact don't keep silent uh the main character there is the one of the side characters in the last book in um uncommon injustice so yeah they're just they're yeah. all connected like that you know very very loosely i don't do a lot of really tight everybody writes a different kind of series connections and mine are just kind of loose i have to try to have fun and not tie myself into you know restrain my you know too many box myself in I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say yeah. give myself the freedom to do what I want to do the next series um that is if rebel by rebel buys it um is set in a storm watching lodge and people are coming there for different reasons and they're connected like that so yeah anyway. that sounds fun it does sound like fun I was a storm chaser in college oh my goodness what? very very short career <laughs> but I did do it a couple times it was it was interesting so I had friends in the meteorology department so oh, I hitched a ride okay. a couple times that was that's my claim to fame I didn't do much of anything with it but it was fun so yeah she's she's fascinating she's totally fascinating so did you ever go to a storm watching lodge <laughs> I did not I'm sorry I cannot be a help there but um no it was mostly tornadoes here because we're in the we were in the midwest so it was like that's the kind of storms it was and i went on we chased a couple of them so i lived in um texas and of course you know becky knows too but yeah uh, tornado alley so i know all about those yeah Yeah. Yeah. they're they're fun anyway all right well i'm a I have a feeling the three of us could sit here and chat all day long. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up again. Um, if you want to learn more about Elizabeth, you can go to her website at Elizabeth Goddard and that's G O D D A R D.com and uh, find cold light of day, find her previous books on there, the Rocky mountain courage series and the uncommon justice series. Here. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we look forward to Shadows at Dusk coming out in October. So keep an eye out for that. Get the pre-orders going when it's ready for pre-order and uh, and do that. So, Elizabeth, we thank you for taking the time to talk to us thank today. Any parting Hi. words, advice, anything you want to say? <laughs> I just had, I enjoyed it. And you guys keep up the good work and spreading the word about good books. Yeah. Thanks. We appreciate that. And uh, Rebecca, you uh, keep running with your students. Have fun at track.
Yeah. <laughs> she says exhonestly. So. Yeah, I would be too. And stuff. That's it. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Thank you again to Elizabeth. And we will see you next time on Rebecca and Rebecca, where we love books. Bye.